welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. Hooray. My name is Caitlin, and joining me today are... Jake, Chris, and Ames. And we're here today to talk to you... Talk Shield Maiden Ames. There it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm Ungretkel. I'm, I'm Grundle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very horny EMH. Uh, (laughs) we're here today to talk about two episodes of star trek the voyager episodes 11 and 12 of season one this will be state of flux and heroes and dreams demons heroes and demons i can read (laughs) in state of flux somebody on the enterprise has done voyager what did i say enterprise son of a bitch (laughs) yeah if it were voyager and we said the voyager that'd be one thing but in state of flux somebody on the voyager has done and gone and done a treason (laughs) yep <clears throat> they got and done a treason, and uh, we've got it narrowed down to two motherfuckers. Ben Sisko. <laughs> Ses- yeah, Ben Sisko or Curly. Um, <laughs> what's his real name? Carrie? Carrie, right. Basically, they think it was either Seska or Carrie. <clears throat> Definitely it's pretty obviously Seska, and they don't even try to hide it. Um, that, that was a little surprising. When you ask, like, oh, it's going to be her, I was like, yeah, that's too obvious the choice, though. But no, it's her. No, it's still, still just her. Well, because we know last last uh, week she was, you know, she was kind of driving a little mutiny, and mm. today she's stealing food. Driving a little from... mutiny makes it sound like a mutiny is a type of car. <laughs> it's gonna pick up the sound. It's not making any noise. I'm driving on this thing. It doesn't make a noise. That might me separate you two. Give me my thing back. Give me my thing back. <laughs> Children at the table playing with their with their coasters. Yeah. Obviously, Seska's being shady. Yeah, Seska's being shady, stealing food and making soups. We find out that she and uh, Chakotay were at one point or another bumping uglies, and he really doesn't want to believe that she's the traitor. And Caitlin really wanted to believe that she was, and one of us was right. It was <laughs> me. You make a better first officer, Caitlin. Goes without saying. Basically, what happened was they, Seska, we find out, sold out some Starfleet tech, specifically the replicators, to the Kazon, who we remember from earlier in the season, who are the bad boys that, like, I don't know, were, they had Kess. They like water. They like water. Yeah, <laughs> literally, we just gonna say <laughs> like water. Uh, which means they're replicator, they're probably dying, loving it. And the way that they find out that it was, in fact, Seska is they do her a trap to catch her for the, tre- for the treason that she'd gone and done. And uh, they set her up. I don't even know. This episode was, like, I, I understand what happened, but it's I find it difficult to explain it. But basically, it... They I was knew, expecting they, more red herrings, and there kind of weren't enough. Yeah, there was no red herrings. There was no twist. Again, it was obviously her from the get-go, and then they're like, oh, we're setting a trap by telling them that uh, we're we are trying to figure out uh, where the replicator pieces came from so that we can find out who logged in. Because obviously whatever idiot did this wouldn't have been dumb enough to, you know, put in their own security code. Hoo, hoo, hoo. And 
then she went in and put in her own security code, hoo hoo hoo, hoping to make it look like Carrie slash Curly was the one who had done it and was trying to frame her. That's basically that's the that's the plot. And it's but there's also a twist. Yeah, big twist. A reveal. Oh uh, yeah, she's uh turns out Seska, who's been going around acting all Bajoran and shit, is actually a wolf in sheep's clothing, by which I mean a super plastic surgery Cardassian. They love doing that. They really do, and they're good at it. So yeah, she wasn't even really a Bajoran. She was really fucking Chakotay though, and he's really upset that he betrayed her. And at the end, we see him and Tuvok having a little convo where he's like, this bitch pulled the wool over my, my eyes. You pulled the wool over my eyes. What am I, fucking stupid? And Tuvok's no, like... Sheep with and, wool. That's right. And Tuvok was like, I had no idea she wasn't really what she said she was either. And Chakotay's like, oh good, that makes me feel better. And then Tuvok learned a lesson about stupid humans. <laughs> the end. Stupid humans need the most attention. Yeah. Chakotay is bad at sniffing out spies, and he and he's like a like a head captainy person in the Maquis. Well, let's not go crazy. The Maquis weren't exactly lousy with choices. Yeah, think about that. Like if if Chicote was the best captain among the Maquis, I'm sorry, Eddington was the best captain among the Maquis. Well, he was just he, well, was, he was, was being yeah. the operative term. Yeah, so Seska, though, huh? Cardassian. So do we suspect she was a member of the old Obsidian Order? She could just be any normal Cardassian because they love doing this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, going undercover, dressing up all Bajoran, like that, that seems obsidian to me. But aren't they yeah. not really active anymore? Well, I mean, we don't know how long she's Allegedly. Was embedded. Yeah, we also and, oh. don't know when this exactly overlaps with the DS9 timeline. True. And Fair. also, we saw uh, O'Brien's old friend who was made to look human um, yep. that we saw in Tribunal. Yep. Had that had been done years and years ago. And just for a general Cardassian game they were playing or something. Yeah. Who can fool O'Brien the longest? (laughs) What it probably comes down to, too, is like... Tutu? Probably one of the only honest things she said was when she told him his secrets weren't good enough. (laughs) You know, she's probably just like, you know, the first time they fucked, she was like, I can't believe I screwed him for nothing. I do like that... They established Seska kind of a while ago. Like, she's been floating around for a bit. She was, you know, a transporter operator. Then she was, like, being the devil on Balana's shoulder and things like that. Well, that makes sense now. But, yeah, true. But it would have been nice if they'd established before this episode that her and Chakotay had been fuck buddies. Why? I don't know, just because, like, they'd actually gone through the effort of establishing a character for once that was going to have a big twist. And that's kind of a really big part. Oh, that there's that tr- level of trust there? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It doesn't show up until this episode to get shattered. And like a level of thrust. Yeah! I mean, we also, honestly, have seen very little Chakotay True. doing anything. Yeah. But that's going to be series-wide, I feel. Mm. But with Seska specifically, like, they bought this episode shortly after, like, a, only, like, a two, three, maybe, episodes had aired. And Naren Shankar came in and wrote this episode and said, I want to do something with the with this Seska person and uh, maybe it'll turn out that she's a Cardassian. And they're like, that's cool. We should we should push that back a few weeks uh, and build up that she's a character so that it'll be, it'll be more, you know, weighty when it's, when it's discovered. Good job, Voyager. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah they, they probably could have done some more, though. 
Well, we're, we're also probably going to see her again. Yeah. Yeah. Wink, but I, wink, nudge, nudge. But again, I'm just impressed that, like, I feel like, I can't, of course, right now, think of any specific example off the top of my head, but how often does any show have a thing like this where, like, here's this character that we need you to get really invested in, like, now, and it's their first appearance. Mm. Like, the fact that they laid any groundwork at all is, is like... Yeah, yeah the, best no, that's I, true. the best I can think of is, uh, I forget the character's name, but the one who was gonna assassinate Beryl, whom they actually did introduce, like, an episode earlier, mm. and then it's revealed, oh, it's her! Oh my! Yeah, ooh! Yeah, uh, like, Seska's they, been floating around, she's been doing stuff. Yeah, but the thing is, I, like, already didn't like her. Cause it's, it's fine, it's just, but... She was a presence, you know? Yeah, but, like, I feel like if you didn't, like, you didn't like her because she was, you know, kind of, kind of bitchy, and she had that, she had that maquis defiance to her, and... Well, no, I didn't like her because she made Bellana do treason. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, she wasn't, she was, she was not, she wasn't playing ball uh, with the Starfleet shit, but you could understand that that's just because... She's a maquis. And, yeah. You know, she doesn't. She doesn't trust these Starfleet people. Really, it's just layers upon layers. Like, oh yeah, she's also doing this because she's a Cardassian. Mm-hmm. I wonder what she's been thinking this whole time. Of oh gosh, gotta get home. Not only to get home because everyone here wants to do that, but I gotta report back. <laughs> and she's gotta get some kind of Cardassian spoon lift or something to make sure that her true colors don't sneak through mm. or something. The worst part of all this... Spoon lift. <laughs> I doubt she had a brother to get home to for his birthday. That right? dirty bitch. Well, you don't know. Maybe Cardassians have birthday parties. They do, that's They're true. terrible, but they have them. <laughs> no, they've gotta be... They're great. They're certain they're great. No, on a Cardassian's birthday, uh, you parents bake you a really big cake which you then have to put in front of a picture of the, like, leader of Cardassia and then just watch it go stale. <laughs> and then you go to the zoo. No, okay. you, know, you know what happens? You get a, a, a Cardassian surprise party. Oh, no. But they tell you about it before you go. <laughs> what? I don't get it. So, like, you know, when the people are planning a surprise party for you, one of them will come to you and say, hey, just letting you know, there's going to be a surprise party for you when you walk in the house. It's like how O'Brien was having a trial, but they already knew the verdict. And how, yeah, and how, the, and how uh, the the what the what were they, the their mystery novels were. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, they're it's, always. It's like scheming, but now it's reverse scheming. Yeah, yeah, the mystery novels like oh god, how do they, they, they describe? They, it? Yeah, they had a, ter- a word for it. Like yeah, they didn't call them mystery novels, but Enigma Tales. Yeah, Enigma Tales. Yeah. But it was like basically all end the same way, essentially. Yeah, maybe if they tell you that you're having a surprise party, they just don't tell you where it's going to be. Oh, Ooh. that's good. That sounds right. Or when. Or when. <laughs> this might not even be on your birthday. Yeah. It might not be fun. Might just be a bunch of your friends show up, yell surprise, and throw rocks at you for a while. That mm. sounds very Cardassian. Actually, sounds, actually, that good. sounds clinging. After, after reading Andy Robinson's book, uh, A Stitch in Time, you know, that sounds very Cardassian. <laughs> I have to read that. I oh, do it's have real it. good. I just haven't read it yet. Um, I love that Seska made a comment that, oh, yeah, maybe I'm kind of interested in that Kim fellow. It's like, oh, honey, you'll break him in half. The poor thing. Yeah, he seems just very delicate. Mm. I mean, the Delaney sisters are clearly too much for him. 
Yeah, and he's got Paris taking most of the load there. Harry's load? Yeah, I was going to say, aren't the Delaney sisters taking the load, though? Gross. Well, listen, you all started it. I didn't mean to. So many loads. Yeah, poor poor Curly Carey this week, you know? he. uh... I don't know, they, they did so little with him, though, that... Like, like, like we were saying, like there wasn't a tw- like it wasn't a mystery. It was it's Seska, and here's how we're going to prove it's Seska. Yeah, I, I just like, why would any viewer, you know, even without the benefit of hindsight or whatever, like he had the motive? What motive? Well, <laughs> like that, that really the does question. Carrie need? Yeah, I didn't mean for that to with a. Replicator. Come out like that. I was hoping no one would notice. But, like, that's the thing is, like, really, even before you know what her motive is, like, it makes sense, especially from a Cardassian point of view. But the motive doesn't make any sense at first, regardless, you know? Like, for Seska's motive? For anyone. Anyone's like, motive. Why would anyone give technology to the Kazon? When she explains why she did it, you're like, yes, that makes That is exactly from what a Cardassian, Cardassian would do. Yeah, that makes but sense. But before you know all this, before you think she's just some disaffected. Maquis, it's like, she just wants to get home, too. Like, like Jalen says it at one point. Like, we're all in this together. We all just want to get home. Yeah, it's not like last week where it's for a reason of getting us technology to get us home. Exactly. This right. is, so the Kazon will like us? We don't even, we don't care about the Kazon. They're not that interesting. Yeah, so saying that, you know, that, that Curly there, or Carrie would do it just because he was mad about being passed over, like, I'm not saying he wouldn't necessarily be mad about it, but that... If he decided to do something about it, this wouldn't be it. No. Because that doesn't benefit him at all. Well, unless, like, the idea was that he was hoping to, like, get in league with them and leave the rest of them behind or something. But but he wants to go home as much as anyone else. Hmm. Like, that's what I mean. Like, when they said he had a motive, I was like, and that would be... Yeah, Spike isn't really He's the a best little motive. bitch. That's all it is. Like, again, if maybe if he was trying to make it look like Balana had done it, ruined yeah. her, like, that's a motive, but that's not what they said it was. No, and that never came up. It was really only going to be, it's only Carrier Seska, no one else, even though there's 100, 100 something more people on this ship. I'm going to say Tuvok did it. Well, the reason they think it's the two of them is because they think it's Seska because, you know, Chakotay ran into her. In the cave with the Cardassians. Or the, uh, the yeah, Kazons. snuffling for truffles. And Carrie, it was his computer that disguised the, yeah. the transmission to, to the Kazons. And he'd also been out of contact with them um, well, for a while. Picking poison apples. Yes, yeah. that's his motive right there. Um, wanted, wanted the apples for himself. But here's the thing I don't get about this, right? So Seska has covered her tracks well, to her knowledge. Mm-hmm. And yet, and her spoon. And yet she, know, and yet she still beams over to the to the Kazon ship to try and do something. Yeah, it's... what was she? Because they're like, oh, she might be trying to destroy evidence, but she wasn't because it sounds like she really was just going over there to get the thing. Unless she was going to try to accidentally break it when she took it. I don't know. But I mean, it, at the same time, it was still just, it was a replicator, so it wasn't like a weapon or anything. Well, yeah, if they don't know what it was, they wouldn't necessarily know where to start looking for mm. missing bits and bobs. Sure, but, uh, so yeah, it, it's weird to, like, it seems like that was just a, a plot convenience to get her into sickbay so that we could do the yeah. the DNA test. You are not the father. 
You are not Bajoran. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, That part didn't really make a ton of sense why she'd do that. Because it seems like, you know, and especially early in the episode, they're like, oh, we need your blood sample to see if you're a compatible donor for the Kazon that's dying. Oh, I can't give you my blood right now. I got, I, I, oh, oh, look at the time. I gotta go. It'll, it'll literally take half a second. I have the hyperspray. Oh, gee, sorry, I'm already at the door. You really think, like, someone of her skill, presumably, could have just, like, hacked in and put in a fake record? Mm. I mean, that's the, true. uh, the, you know, the bone marrow story, that's not half bad. You know, that was pretty good. I don't know if she, that was, like, a prepared backstory that's that she had. Must have been. They're not going to send her in without a full brief. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got an excuse for her to try to avoid getting blood tests, but they've got to back up just in case, like, you know, you wind up in sickbay because shit happens. You know, these Federation types always doing weird crap with their ships that, you know, void the warranty. Well, presumably she would have been not on Voyager. Like, her assignment wasn't to Voyager. Her assignment sure. was to Chakotay. And then presumably at some point they she would have gotten them all killed. Yeah, you know, but not before banging Chakotay. Apparently, she she got she brought him the mushrooms and then she got the mushroom. Oh yeah, no. Well, and I really she also made made a reference to his guide animal. Mm. But I also wonder because she's pretending to be Bajoran but actually Cardassian. I don't think they would even understand the the relevance of that in in his culture, really? They might think it's just a human thing. Mm. What do you mean? The, Wait, who would? The, a Cardassian. A, a well, if, she knows. I'm sure she knows because she knows Because he told her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was just like... That was one of their first dates. <laughs> would you, you like to meet your spirit animal? No. Animal guide. Who's... What's his... Yes. Who's his... What's his animal guide we, again? We never He's learned. never said. Oh, he doesn't say? Janeway's was a lizard. Will he ever tell us? Probably not. Do you think, think after they fucked, he was like, oh, hope you liked that. That was my animal guide kicking in. But I don't know what the animal guide would be. I'd like to think his is a very pudgy badger. Aw. Like a British badger. The ones with the stripes, like from frog and toad. And, you know, they drink tea. <laughs> Badgers drink tea? English badgers, too. Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> they're English. Adorable. Seska's would be a Cardassian vole. Seska's would be a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> a wild douchebag. Tom Paris? Hey. He's a very no, he's, he's a domesticated <laughs> douchebag. Well, that's the thing. I bet you if she did do the the uh, the, the spirit guide thing. Animal guide. That's uh, the one credit I give them on this show is they don't use that terminology. Yeah. Yet, for all I know. But the thing, like, like it's obviously that they just came up with a term. I'm assuming and is animal guide a real Native American term? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Just, just to avoid saying uh, spirit animal, right? So, so I'm betting that that you know, maybe I'm, I'm assuming Chakotay does the uh, does the animal guide thing with with all of his dates. Oh yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool thing, right? You get to play with the little doodad. Um, you get high. You get high. It's great. So I wonder if she had to pretend that she saw some Bajoran animal. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's... Yes, it's a... I really don't know any fucking Bajoran animal. It's a Bajoran horse. <laughs> it's a Bajoran yeah, that's the other thing. yelling cloud. So we find... <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Jake. We find um, these apples and shit on planet, and we're like, mm. oh, look, it's 
this planet apples. And I was already done with that because every planet has the same fucking fruit, evidently. Sometimes it's painted a weird fucking color. Fucking apples. Like the ginger that was standing yeah. in for the Leola root. Yeah, the ginger had some a paint job on it and mm. some uh, fake fronds added. Yeah, like, I don't think this apple was painted. I think it was just a uh, an Asian. Paint. Oh yeah, that, oh, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think the apple was painted, but the the ginger, the, the ginger was. was like painted something and had like oh yeah, it was carrot like spray, carrot green spray painted gold it. or something. It looked dumb as hell. Also, I'd like to think that Ch- uh, Chicote really did bite into it, and it really did taste like absolute shit. Because <laughs> ginger spray is re- oh yeah, that's also true. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Everybody's favorite. All right. Anyway, the reason you should betray the ship and do all this stuff—the actual motivation yes. here—is that everyone hates Neelix's cooking that much. Yes. Well, I, I, like I said, her, her motive did make sense from a Cardassian point of view. It's like let's make friends with some nasty people because we need we love strength in our people. corner. Yeah. Man, and they got the worst hair. Oh god, it's so bad. Okay, so explain to me, because there was a lot going on this episode. There's always a lot going on. Why exactly were the Kazon turning into rocks? Because I may have un- misunderstood it was some kind that. Of, so, so they didn't know how to set up the replicator properly. Oh, that's what was happening. And, okay, yeah, and like, I got and like you now. Some of the radiation that's in the replicator... I don't know why replicators are floated up with radiation. That's terrifying. That, not just any radiation. Like, this fucking nightmare yeah, shit. Yeah, and apparently if you get exposed to that radiation, it causes rocks to grow on you or something. You just meld with the wall. Or... Was that what it was? or Because it looked like, like shit built up around them. I, I, that's a good question. Remember that time that Kira got stuck in a piece of rock, but it wasn't really Kira? Yeah. It was like that. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was like that. I was thinking of the Pegasus, which got uh, oh, yeah, stuck yeah. in a rock. Yep. Also um, that. Yeah, and then the but the one guy that sort that you know survived for a while until his friends came and killed him. Thanks, uh, thanks, friends. That that guy like he got like rock in the blood or something. Yeah, or? he's like he like his cells were fusing with metal. He was literal Iron Man for a minute. There. Yeah. Too much iron in your blood. So whose blood did they transfuse? Apparently, a bunch of the crew. Really mm. interesting. I was I was so reminded of that episode, The Enemy, where Worf, Worf. refused to give give blood organs something blood to the Romulan, to a Romulan yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't take your blood if I were dying. You are dying. Well, still not doing it. Um, yeah, one thing I didn't care for in this episode was how when they finally confront Seska and they're like, we know it's you, everybody comes in, you know, they do the dramatic, like, Chakotay's like, all right, you know, they're all sitting out the hall and they're planning, all right, I'm going to go in, I'm going to act like it, we found out it wasn't her, but then I'll tell her it was her, and then you all come in and turn the lights on and yell surprise like a Cardassian birthday party. <laughs> um, but Oh, that's how a Cardassian birthday party really works. You get arrested at the end of it. Yeah, You get arrested. Sentenced to death. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> surprise! You're going to prison. But but what I didn't like is that when she finally realized that she had been found out, she immediately got like that that like evil voice. Yeah. And was like, yes, and we will make power with the the Kazons and And now I will beam away. It's kinda like how um when he was revealed as a spy in the Rocketeer. Uh, Timothy Dalton suddenly got a bit of a German accent. Yeah, right. yeah that's true. 
Yeah, I was hiding my real self the whole time. Is that how she started talking in this room? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. I don't know. Ha ha, Chakotay. You slept with me. I fooled you. Fooled you. <laughs> also, Chakotay, I faked it every time. Uh, well, because, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> he, just, he just looks like he's bad at it. Cardassian G-Spot's a totally different place. It's the spoon. It's under the spoon. Under the spoon. Under the spoon. <laughs> under the spoon. The forehead spoon or the chest spoon? Both. Yes. Yeah. Do you think they have a little spoon right above the butt crack? Yes. I hope so. So, as usual, any fucking jackass on the ship can just use the transporters willy-nilly every fucking time. None of these ships have any security, and they haven't learned from any previous episodes. Well, in fairness, she was the transporter operator for a time, so... Still, like... You think during a, this this whole crisis, Tuvok would have been like, "I'm gonna lock everything out again," like I did a few weeks ago. How many times do I have to tell you to put locks on the doors? How many times do you have to tell her? Yeah. Bailing. Then when she beams away, Tuvok looks slightly like, "Oh, well, I fucked up." It's like, "Yes, yes, you did." Well, it's the second time. Like it was also the card. The uh, he was calling them Kardashians. The Kazons that killed the other Kazon. You know. Yeah. How'd they get a fucking weapon past uh, our man Tuvok? Well, it was hidden in the ring, wasn't it? You know, Odo would have had... Odo would have been that ring, okay? <laughs> they would have gone to stab him in the neck, and it, the ring would have said, Nope! <laughs> uh, I was say, yeah. That's yeah. what the ring would have said. Thank you, Ames. <laughs> Anytime. And then turned into a tiny hand on the finger, flipping him off. Yep. Odo's the best. I miss Odo. That fascist little fucker. <laughs> so... We're running a little long. Do we have any quick fire notes or anything? How may I be honest with you today? Oh, yeah. that was that was great. Tuvok is pretty good because he's got he's got the Vulcan down, which yeah. I can't say about most Vulcans. Yeah, like he's good at that, but he's also got the Vulcan sass, mm-hmm. which you'd think is like the one emotion they're allowed to have. So yeah, it's it's excellent. I'm I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, I really like him too. He's like one of my favorite characters on the show. I think. Yeah, two more quick notes. Uh, the working title was Seska, but that gave away the twist. Not that there even was much of a fucking twist. Um, and also, um, Mulgrew was sick during filming, so she was only in for a little bit of uh, of it, and they divvied her lines up amongst the rest of the cast. Oh, interesting. But that's why you don't see a whole ton of Janeway this episode. Huh. Mm. Sure. Hey, you know shits. who else wasn't there? I don't think we saw Neelix, right? No, he was there at the beginning. Yeah, with the Leola root and oh. describing the oh, effects of the right, apple. Eat right. the ginger. And he, and he called uh, Chakotay. Oh, to no, complain. it's the next one he wasn't in. Yes, that's right, to complain about the mushrooms. Yeah. Right? He's not in the next one. Uh, no. If he, he is, is, I don't remember him. I don't think he was. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Was he, was he from um, a movie he, during this? He was on first. <laughs> was he actually? No. Oh. No. <laughs> but tell us about Unfirth, Caitlin. Uh, okay, Heroes and Demons. Well, uh, it's our first holodeck fuckery episode, and it's unlike any other holodeck fuckery episode, which is kind of nice, sort of. I mean, things do go horribly wrong, but uh, this time we don't have, like, Moriarty sneaking out and holodecking (laughs) around the ship. Instead, we're going to send another hologram into the holod suite to do things. Yeah, cut it. Nice. What I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, Harry Kim goes to play Beowulf in the holodeck, and he gets lost, and so they go after him, and 
the people who go after him are also lost. Who was sent in after him anyway? Uh, Tuvok. In Paris? Chakotay. No, no. Oh, yeah. Chakotay? Well, anyway, yeah, they go after him. And, uh, so we're in Beowulf, and they're like, we're going to fight Grendel. And Grendel just zaps them, and they're gone. And it's like, what the fuck? Where did Damn they it, go? Grendel. This isn't how it goes in the book. Fucking Grendel. <laughs> so they're like, well, shit. I mean, we can't just keep sending people in there. They're just going to keep getting zapped. And they're like, well, what if we send the EMH? Because he's already a hologram, and he can just have matter pass through him. And, like, the projector's already built in there to make it work, so why don't we just send him in? And, uh, he's nervous about it, and but he does it anyway. And, uh, he has a little, uh, FaceTime, if you know what I mean, with, uh, Freya, who's there. And, uh, yeah. He uh, comes face-to-face with Grendel as well, and Grendel tries to zap him away and manages only to zap half of his arm. And... But whacking off half. Exactly. Son of a bitch. Almost got his dick wet, and then they took away his good jerking arm. It's always the way. Uh, But they discover that uh, what's happened is, is after the doctor flees the holo program, a life form flies out, and they're like, oh, fuck, these things that we captured and have been doing experiments on immediately are totes alive and they're fighting back and taking uh our people hostage the way we kind of did to them and we've already established that janeway loves animals she does she fucked up so they're like well let's go set this one free and maybe they'll see that we are uh apologizing for our fuckery and they'll give our friends back too and that's exactly what happens the end what happens to freya she dies damn it unfirth you son of a bitch computer reload program seriously Computer, reload program and make her ten times hornier. And ten times larger. What? Yeah, I got a see, yeah, as we said, Harry Kim's fetish is just running, screaming in terror while he masturbates. <laughs> so just a normal well, day. No, presumably the whole Freya seduction thing is just part of the program. I don't know. It didn't he? She didn't try to seduce either of the others. Yeah, no, she just got to think bald men. But, but the thing is, they they didn't really have alone time. True, true. Uh, Maybe she'd already fucked Harry. We don't know. Maybe. So. Yeah, I don't know. I this is a weird one, right? Because on one hand, holodeck fuckery. On the other hand, lots of techno babble. Yeah. And on the other 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 hand, sort of a the masturbating nice little hand. <laughs> nice little uh, well, now we're now up to the third middle of the chest RX hand. Oh no, not uh, RX. Oh no. You know, find a little showcase <laughs> for EMH to do yeah. something a little I'm different. I'm glad that they're giving him something to do. Yeah, there were a lot of moments in this episode that it's just like, is this too silly? It's getting very silly. I mean, it's so what are you episode? Like Freya was already kind of heightened. But then the king and Ungar just, I was, Unferth, I was just waiting for them to start doing like Monty Python lines. (laughs) Like I was getting a strong Python vibe off of both of them. No, yeah, that's accurate. Uh, Like the king kept having to be like shown to his chair from his other chair and (laughs) Undwith or whatever. What's his name? Unferth. Upferth. Unferth. Unferth was uh, just like. You know, the first few times we see him repeating the same dialogue. Again, very video game. It was cute. Mm-hmm. But still, he was just like, uh, waiting for him to tell me that, you know, the number to count will be three, no higher, or whatever. 
What is that from? Uh, Holy Grail when they're giving the instructions oh. for the Holy Hand Grenade. Sure, sure. Thought it was another video game. Nope. The nope. Unferth game where <sighs> Unferth is just a jerk for no reason all the time. It really is. Yeah, but you can imagine it feels realistic in just the sense that, like, not every holodeck program is going to be written by a good writer. True. You know? True. There's there's going to be some schlocky bits. This isn't Felix or this whatever is his name was. This is He's a good writer. <laughs> Who? No, no. Uh, did you mean the actual program itself, oh, the, not the episode? Yeah, like in world. Yeah, like. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the the writer of the, epi- the episode. I think the writer of the episode did a exactly good did a good job doing. writing yeah. a schlocky <laughs> okay. fantasy uh, holodeck. Program. It's also extra nice for Garrett Wang, who even though we see him for exactly a line and a half in his adorable Beowulf costume, which uh, it's extra. It, if you saw him full full length, you only see like torso up. Full length, apparently, fucking great. Oh wow! Um, but he was so happy to like get to play a you know as an Asian American, the a fucking like hero from old English literature, saying that's something I don't often get to do. Yeah, fucking excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well that's you know it's funny again it's it's supposed to be like sixth century Denmark and they're you know yes straight and raven black hair it's like that yeah that would have stood out. Yeah, that's not none of the none of the Swedish characters. So yeah, that's Harry Kemp. Got it. Yep. And also, they managed not to like do a racism by being weird about any of his, you know. Yeah, he had distinctive hair, not but Danish, not Danish features aside from the hair. Yeah, that was in no way a problem. It was just how you identified him. He's the only person that's not blonde or gray, and also seems vaguely afraid of sex. Loves Grendel. What is Grendel in the original story? Do they ever really describe of, it? Yeah, Grendel's just kind of a monstery thing. I've seen the image that I saw when I was looking up his ep- uh, some Beowulf stuff for this episode is just like a large trolley looking thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I, if I, I don't remember if I ever read any of Beowulf in college. I feel like I probably did. That was the hilarious thing about this episode is that Shankar, after you know starting to write this episode, being like, "Man, this is a this is kind of Beowulfy." And I read this, I don't have any idea how, because I don't remember any of this, Naren. Um, and he says, oh, yeah. and then all the other people in the writing room and the staff, none of them were familiar with Beowulf. And I was surprised. And I had to read, I had to read Beowulf in high school. And um, it was the version, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them are like this, where it's like a two column layout in the book. Mm, and it's like yeah. the, the modern translation and the original Old English. Which is basically German. Which, yeah, complete, and it's like, oh, okay, I can kind of see, like, what these words might mean. And there's, a, it's like translations all the way down. The reason I know much of anything about Beowulf is in one of my history classes, the, the activity we did with it was, we had four translations of Beowulf. Jesus. And the teacher, like, had us read, like, each passage, like, a passage of each uh, from a certain segment and comp- and compare them because each translation would like use a different verb for whatever this original word was gonna be- was supposed to be, and each one ends up giving like a very different feel, a very different like emotional style of just how fighty we are against Grendel and just how heroic Beowulf feels just based on the translation, and they're so wildly different. Yeah, well, when you think about translation, like. What's interesting, too, is you've got things like that. Like, so much depends upon, you know, like, 
the translator, their their time, and the you know, other time place they're from, you know, and sort of like, even if you're trying to say capture the original value system as best you can, like, there's still going to be issues of, you know, say you want to, well, it's like, I don't know if Beowulf was, but I, you know, I remember reading once about trying to translate from the vernacular. Mm. It's like, all right, so I'm going to translate it into the vernacular, but modern vernacular, because that's the impression that people would have gotten at the time was like, you know, if you translate into English vernacular, but of the time, it's still going to sound heightened <laughs> because, you know, fucking what we look at as all highfalutin Shakespeare was just how people goddamn talked once, yeah, more or this less. Is, you know, it's a heroic, epic quest. It's yeah. going to sound like really fucking over, overly heroic -y and all this no matter what. The other interesting thing about Beowulf is there is only one existing codex of the Beowulf story. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And there's lots of debate. I didn't go too far down it because I don't give a fucking shit about Beowulf. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of um, discussions, evidently, about, like, was it uh, prior to this one existing written copy we have an oral tradition, or was it just written here, and that's basically when it started, like, how much of it was around beforehand? Because certain references, you see, um, could either have been from the time when it was running around in oral translations, or people writing it down, making fun of stuff from the past. And it's mm. not clear which it is. Um, but yeah, even then, trying to, like, find the translation when you only have one place, one source material... And, of course, a lot of it was burned in some kind of burning... That happened. Like a fire? Yeah, like a fire. <laughs> no, like a CD. <laughs> ah. Oh, God. There's... Yeah. Well, that's... Especially with, like... I don't know about the Danes, but I know with, like, other Western cultures, there was this bizarre thing for a while where you never took credit for writing something. This was Old English, not Danish. Right. It's just, it's just, of, it's just about... Uh, right. So there about we, the Danes. It's about a, a Swedish hero that goes to Denmark... But it's but the story is told in in old England. But yeah, British. They love that kind of shit. But, but yeah, and this was, there we go. Then like there was this tradition, especially in England, for a long time, where like for some reason I don't know what it was. It was explained to me in college, and it's been almost you know twenty years or whatever. But a lot of people wouldn't take credit for original writing for some bonkers cultural reason. Be like, oh, I found this book and translated it. <laughs> Because if you wrote it, they'd be like, oh. Nerd! <laughs> and they probably just wouldn't uh, respect it because it wasn't old. Maybe, yeah. I, again, it was explained to me, and I have unfortunately since forgotten. But so, yeah, even if this was actually just new at the time, the person who was writing would be like, No, I found it, bought a book in Denmark, translated <laughs> it. It was by some guy named Jürgen. Uh, Jürgen. <laughs> um... No, but overall, I like I love the idea of getting getting EMH out of med bay. That's yeah. a lot of fun. You get to stretch your legs a little bit. Yep. And your dick. And your arm. Oops. Oh. Where'd it go? <laughs> it's over there I'll now. give you a hand. <laughs> yeah, that was another joke Shankar made for people for people who get the Beowulf reference because the when when Beowulf kills Grendel, he chops off Grendel's arm. Oh. Look and at this that. is the reverse. So good job. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, I've never read any. Uh, could we have another uh, nerd, please? Nerd. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I was an English major, but this really wasn't my period, so. It's a tough period, because everything's 
Very difficult to read. Yeah. And I think I had it fifth period right after lunch. See what you did there? English class. I don't get it. You said it's a tough period. Oh, that fucking shit And balls. fifth period Sorry. after lunch is pretty tough because everyone's all, you know, you're kind of weighed down. Yeah, yeah, You've clearly yeah. woken up a bit more than the rest of us. Um, Sloppy toilet piss? I literally had just forgotten what I had said, though, so. Uh, I also tried to look a little bit into into our friend Dr. Schweitzer. Schweitzer. Um, as EMH gives himself the name Schweitzer, Schweitzer for the day yeah. to go, to go play. Albert Schweitzer? Or? I think so. Because that's yeah. the first person that sprung to mind for me. What? Who's that? It's just someone I'd heard of. Yeah. I started reading his wiki page. I zoned out. He sounds boring. I mean, sorry, sorry, Schweitzy. Could have been somebody from between now and the 24th century also named Schweitzer. Schweitzer well, obviously the listens reference, to this podcast. The so reference that, that Shankar was making was to that particular no. Schweitzer. And he, he really, really assumed that the rest of the writing staff would make him, would, would just change it without his his knowledge. He's like, yeah, they're not going to like this name. It's too silly a name. You want, you want... Um, Freya running around yelling Schweitzer, Schweitzer, that's stupid. But then they kept it. He was shocked. Hmm. Albert Schweitzer looks like Mark Twain and um, that guy who often plays a cowboy. Oh, yeah. Had a baby. Uh, Sam, Sam something. Sam. O'Neill? No, so from. from... He's from he was in Big Lebowski. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's like a theologian. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Oh, one. Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which immediately turned me off to any to reading anything more about him. So, mm. well, according to this, it's uh, he was a theologian, organist, musicologist, writer, humanitarian philosopher, and physician. There you go. A Lutheran, Schweitzer oh, challenged both. The secular view of Jesus is depicted by the historical critical method current at his time, as well as the traditional Christian view. His contribution. I know. He loved Jesus a lot. <laughs> I don't hear what. He's like, more Jesus, always. I will say, though, that motherfucker had an epic goddamn mustache. So. <laughs> Jesus? Uh, Schweitzer, but. Big time. Um, no, Robert Picardo. Let's talk about this episode some more. Now that, we've yes. got, now that we've got my boring research out of the way. Well, the research isn't boring. Schweitzer is. Yeah, Schweitzer. Beowulf! Isn't there a movie? Is the movie any good? I think no. Beowulf and Grendel starring Gerard Butler. Because it, it was like bad mocap. Oh. Like everything was shitty CG. Oh, shit, no. Yeah. Yeah. Whoopsies. There's probably other versions as well, but well, that was the most recent. I'll watch it for science. Okay, please do. Report back. Okay. You realize you're not actually going to see Jerry, though. It's just going to be bad CG Jerry. He's on the cover, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's bad CG Jerry. Bay of Wolf. Close enough. He's still hot. But yeah, I wasn't sure where this was going. It was like, all right, so they're going to go, oh, they're gone too. So what what the fuck is going to happen? Oh, we're going to have a doctor adventure. Well, this will be interesting. Yeah, he's fun. He doesn't look CG. He looks normal. Yeah, it looks like a normal. That doesn't look like a CG thing. Is there a different CG? Wait a minute. There's one that's just called Beowulf, I think. Oh. Yeah, this one's Beowulf and Grendel. The old B and G. This one seems to have a picture of a penis for some reason. I don't understand what this is. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that makes sense. Full frontal. Grendel's Grendel. Oh, and that one is Ray Winstone, not your boy Jerry. Angelina Jolie's. Yeah, she's Grendel's mother. Yeah, we see a lot of EMH kind of like we saw early seasons data, kind of learning what what people 
expect of him and what things to do. And there were a couple like little moments where he says something that I'm like, that's a data thing to say. Mm. Yeah, it was. I guess the difference, of course, is that he's allowed to have emotions openly. Mm. Whereas I know we talked about the fact that Data definitely had emotions at points, even though they claimed he didn't. But <laughs> with this, there's not even a pretense. And, you know, the fact that he's, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's a little, a little nervous, you know. He's like, I don't even think he thinks he's going to be killed, but it's just like something he's never done. For him, it's the weight of expectation. Well, also, um, it's his first time cosplaying, and you can tell in his dialogue, he doesn't quite fit in. It's hard for put him to play along. Put him in a costume for the for the. Holiday. Oh my god, they should. I was kind of, like, especially since he was going in in a very different way than the others had, I was hoping they were going to have him go in full kilt. Kilt, kit, rather. Oh, well, maybe kilt. a kilt. They should have, they should have him in full kit, complete with a Schweitzer mustache. <laughs> like, just to really finish off the look. Another new look we see is uh, Janeway's rocking a different hairstyle this week. Mm, yeah. Which continues to baffle me because they've put so much thought into her hair. Like, holy... Let her captain. It doesn't matter about her fucking hair. I actually... I admit, though, I, I like this one. Cause the, I, the French twist kind of a thing? Yeah, because all the others give her this weird puff in the front that feels very, like, down on the farm. <laughs> and it's like... This one looks more professional than I'ma pick up a fucking... Um, pitchfork. Pitchfork when this is over, and like our friend in the in caretaker. Yeah, and bale some hay. Yeah, I guess we're going to see it. You know, we thought in this episode we're going to see it in next week, and then that'll be it because apparently it was too difficult to keep in place. I could see that. With the French looks, twist, it yeah. did look sort of compli- compli- complicated. Yeah, this is a weird one. I don't know. I'm like, just, it, yeah, yeah the, it's a, it's it's a holodeck malfunction, and yet it's also not because it's not actually the holodeck that's malfunctioning. It's these, it's these. Space, space wires. Not even what wires. They kind of look like there were cables space that forms. were bundled into a, a little octopi, little space octopi. Like, yeah, they were that. Yeah, octolite light pie. Mmm, a nice light pie. That was the other thing. It's like, wait, so we're already doing the. We didn't realize this was a life form thing again. Didn't we just do this a couple of weeks ago yeah, with that cloud? Yeah, <laughs> and then also, like the scene where Belana and Tom are trying to track it down and it takes mm. them way too long to be like huh I wonder if it's a life form <laughs> I don't think these people know they're in a Star Trek show you know apparently not so that was a little weird it was like oh we're already okay can we just do it I mean I guess you know the payoff was the EMH in the holodeck which oh, was absolutely. a delight but everything around it's a little it was all kind of forced to get him in the holodeck. Yeah. So I kind of allow it just because yeah. it served its purpose. It was if you pay and if you pay and just just enough attention, it's not distracting. Yeah. But not too much attention that you're that you're befuddled by it. Oh, so, shout out to the damage control crew. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> if Janeway's like, oh, we'll send Janeway to control, and she just looks at two randos on the bridge. Who you are, just kind of go like, I guess that's I know, us I now. Guess it's damage control. It's literally a yellow shirt and a blue shirt. Like, so maybe one of them's an engineer, <laughs> but he also might not be, and the other, for all we know, is part of the fucking dental corps. The dental corps. That's a question. Is there a ship's dentist? Do they keep it separate from the physician? It's the same person as the barber. Yeah, I was going to say. Wait, did we have this discussion once? That sounds really familiar. I want to say on Western Planet in TOS, 
Name is gone. Well, we did the um, yeah the the Wyatt Earp episode because that's when barbers were dentists. But like, I feel like we've actually had this discussion where I've said, "Is there a ship's dentist?" And someone said, "Yeah, it's also oh, the barber." Eh. But maybe I'm making that up. They've never shown dentistry on Star Trek. Just replicate up some new teeth. Lower Jacks will get on it. Damn it! Um, It'll turn out it's a little elf that used to work in the North Pole. <laughs> Hey, what's just going up? That might be uh, seasonal. Speaking of the Tooth Fairy, which doesn't exist, uh, Vulcans don't believe in demons. And Bold. I was like, well, laddie fucking da, Tuva. You know those motherfuckers did before, <laughs> like, oh, man. Considering how fucking violent and emotional those motherfuckers were, <laughs> their, their mythology before they nearly killed themselves and had to go all boring on everybody, I bet was full of some nasty, crazy bullshit. <laughs> That they're just keeping it hidden from everyone else because it is sick. Sex demons everywhere. Oh, fuck yeah, you know it. Yikes, I don't know what's going on, but I don't like it. Neither did the Vulcans after their enlightenment. Cool. Cool. I, I know you also noticed uh, some of the scoring. Yeah, they, they went really like just old-timey high-adventure movie in some of the Beowulf scenes, which I enjoyed. They did. The composer, Dennis McCarthy, was so jazzed because he'd written some of this before for Cupid. Huh. Uh, which would make a little sense. Yes, a little it would. High it would, yeah. Um, but everyone on TNG was like, no, don't do that. We're, we have a, a style that we're trying to follow. We're more sci-fi than that. And then he brings it to this episode like, ah, and then go, yes, go for it. And he was nominated for an Emmy. Oh, good job, buddy. <laughs> I'd like to think he took that nomination whoever told him not to do it. And the other one, <laughs> hey, asshole! Yay. Slapped him at the glass. How do you like them apples? Then he's like, wait, fuck. Did, Wrong show. Does Good Will Hunting exist yet? Does this reference make sense? No, the apples are poison. Yeah. Uh, and they're Carrie's, Carrie's trying to poison us all. <laughs> McCarthy, yeah, because he worked on DS9. Has he just been the composer basically since TNG? Or is he I like one of a couple they cycle through? They, they cycle through a couple. I feel like I read somewhere that they had two that would swap back and forth. Because yeah, I've definitely heard that name before. In fact, I think he's the one that wrote a... Before they said, fuck it, let's just go with the Goldsmith TMP theme, I think he wrote a potential other theme for TNG. Oh, is that the one that wasn't good? Yeah, yeah unfortunately. No. It sounded like a high adventure theme. Yeah. Oh, whoopsies. <laughs> whoopsies. I mean, he's done some good work, but that was not, you know, I mean, everyone has an off day. Wow. I, sh- I should have listened to that because we're going to be talking about uh, theme songs at the end of this episode. <laughs> what? Uh, but before we get that, the one other thing I want to make sure we bring up is Schweitzer and how the EMH chooses not to keep being mm. called Schweitzer. And it's actually quite sweet. It is. Because he said, I, you know, the last I heard that name was from a dying Freya just fucking murdered by Unferth. And, and before then, she even got to give me the goods. Yeah, I don't want to be... I, every time I hear this name, I'll think about how I didn't get to bang Freya. And I guess, you know, for him being himself a holographic being, like... Yeah, on the one the hand, one hand, reload program. On the other hand, like that would be weird for him in a way it isn't for us. That's true. You know, it's like it. It, it there's a there's a falseness to it. Well, there's a falseness to him. He's not fully people. It's very. It's like it's very fascinating. Yeah, but there's really a little bit like because it, that she's more like him than a regular person. Like there'd be, I could see it feeling. 
for lack of a better term, sacrilegious. Hmm. You know, it's like, I've revived this dead person, but they don't actually, like, remember me or know who I am or anything like that, or... Well, that's depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the ending, I think, is meant to be a little bit of an emotional punch. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes back about his day in Medbay, poking various instruments. <laughs> Good acting, Doctor. Yeah, Bob, just poke some stuff. Yeah, we want to we want to fade out on you doing start doing work. Uh, poke that, and then poke that. <laughs> like I said, my head canon is that he's making sure Kiss hadn't fucked with his radio presets. Uh, no, no, two is supposed to be NPR. Three is supposed to be classical. <sighs> Frasier. Oh. Is the Frasier theme one of the themes that we're going to be evaluating today, Ames? <laughs> Let's find out. I've got, I've got a list. So there's going to be a lot of fading out and fading back in due to copyright. Yeah, and also because some, some of them are a minute long. Some of them are like two minutes long. Yeah. Some of them are Faith of the Heart. It's, yes, and that exactly. We don't want to listen to all of that. Yeah, no so one does. Chris is going to do a whole lot of editing. But yeah, if you liked uh, listening to all the different lovely music from this episode, sounds nothing like anything else we're going to listen to right now, because we're going to be talking about all the different series theme songs throughout the many years as our uh, blog post activity this week. I have all these linked somewhere, probably our Tumblr. Hey, go check out our Tumblr at sshbpodcast.com. Listen along with us and, you know, make a lot of judgments, because some of these are very meh. Some of them are great. So these are, just to clarify, strictly the themes or the opening sequence in its entirety? Strictly, strictly. the themes. Okay. So the op- opening sequences we're talking about next week. Okay. So are we just talking about the shows or also movies or what? Are no, we the movies are huge. And I couldn't even tell you what the theme of any movie was because they don't really... Depends they on the film. They don't really theme. Some have very specific themes. Some... Some, like, sequences ha- have specific themes. It'd be too much if we did the movies. That's and Chris, fair. And Chris has already done the movies for us. Yeah, and things segue into others in weird ways. Yeah, it'd be hard to do. That was... Okay. All right, let's start her off. We're going to talk about the TOS theme thong. Theme thong? Theme thong? Theme thong. Jesus. Hang on. Yeah, this one didn't have the vocals. Yeah, it was also slightly truncated. Was it? A little bit. There was a little bit well, missing. Well, this is, this is season one and two TOS. Okay. I don't know how different it is from season three TOS. I've got it if you want to listen to that one as well. No, I, I think two in the first couple seasons, I don't think they... Oh, so that's just, just season one. Two and three is a different file. Yeah, they, they may not have done the vocals right away. Like, there were a lot of iterations at first before they landed on the version. You want to listen to the other one? Yeah, why the hell not? a minute long. Yeah. So yeah, so two and three is the one with the vocals. I gotta say, I like the vocals. I like oh, yeah. the vocals. They oh, yeah, a lot. Same. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I think a lot of people don't consciously Ooh, notice. My kitty. Uh, the one I pointed out to Caitlin once, and now she curses me because she can never not notice it. God damn you! The bongos. Oh no! There are bongos in the what's, TOS. What's theme. wrong with the bongos? You don't like the bongos? No, I love the bongos. It's just very sixties, <laughs> and a lot of like later when it's a, very Desi Lou. Yeah. Yeah, true. And when people cover it, sometimes they don't do it. <gasps> um, in fact, even the, like the big, you know, the orchestral uh, kind of yeah, the two thousand nine version, the end credits is just the original TOS it's theme. Nothing but bongos. But fucking huge. But no bongos. Bitches. Mm, but Discovery season one finale. 
TOS theme cover. Very prominent bongos. <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, a brief question. Do we hope they bring back the narration before the theme for Strange New Worlds? Oh, that's interesting. Because the, the, they dropped the narration thing after TNG. Yeah, yeah. Unless does Prodigy have it? I haven't seen it yet. No. So. no. So, like, I you've mean, seen it because they've released it on YouTube. On oh, YouTube that's right. Before. That's right. That's right. Or you've heard it. Yeah. So should they should they have uh, our boy Anson Pike Mouth. do the little narration first? I think they should give it to number one. Or that. And the question is, will they give it a new theme, or are they just gonna just gonna bring Ooh. back the TOS theme with Bongos? Yeah, Bongos? we'll we'll find out when that comes out. That'll be interesting. But again, I'm not waiting. Yeah, like, no, like last would... week, I didn't wait for the strange new. Yeah, World's God knows card. when it's gonna be. This week, we're not waiting for that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love the original. Love the bongos. Love all of it. It's perfect. Yeah. I love the the vocals, I think, are very are very cool. Between that one and uh, Enterprise's uh, theme, it's the only ones that have vocals. Yeah. It's also, it's so classic. It's impossible to, to separate yeah. nostalgia and, and anything from this, from this theme, theme song. You guys want to listen to animated series? <laughs> not really, but I know we have to. Coming. I'm, I'm, Here we go. I'm dying. You're dying. I think she was joking, though. No, I wasn't. No, I don't think that's bad. I dare say the theme to TAS is the best thing about the show. I think, I low think, bar. I think that's a cool song. Of course it's a low Here's bar, the thing. but Here's still. The thing. Last week I said it was like it belonged in a fucking game show. It definitely does. Which maybe... Oh my, or yeah, like alternate, match game. <laughs> alternately, it also could have been, a, I feel like, maybe an alternate take for the love boat. Yeah, because it feels not, Fantasy only, Island. not only like it belongs on a game show, but a game show specifically from like the 50s or 60s. It's a, no, it sounds exactly oh, it's so like 70s. a game show from 1973. Yeah, okay. no, it's the 1970s, the one era where going into a bar and saying, hey baby, I'm a game show host, would get you laid. Um, I don't know. Chuck Woolery is pretty great. <laughs> well, he yeah, was until he got started having ideas oh, on Twitter. Oh, no, yeah, Chuck, you monster. Yeah. He's you don't a piece of know. shit, we Chuck talk- Woolery. We were talking about him recently, Jake. I forget why. He was the host he of the Newlywed Game, and then he went on to do Lingo. And He's done a shitload of things. Yeah, a bunch so of stuff many. on the show network. But, um, so I get, like, yeah, divorced from Star Trek... It's a very peppy 70s TV theme. Maybe and that's what it is. Maybe it's the peppiness that I'm like, that's not sci-fi. It's not, well, it's not Star Trek. What, but this is a cartoon, Chris. It could have been maybe, I don't know, what's, what's another science fiction thing it could have been? Lost the in Star space. Wars Holiday, Lost in Space. It's very Lost in Space. Or the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> or Space Truckers or whatever that, no, that was what? a movie. Buck Rogers. Buck, very Buck Rogers. It's camp. It's way more camp is what I think it it's is. It's too camp even for TOS, which is saying something. It's TAS, that's why. Yeah. It's too camp for fucking 66 Batman. Jesus. Alright, Jake next. is still dying. Yep, next, next, next. Oh, hey, a, a song we know and love. ba 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 bum mm-hmm. Of course, Excellent. originally the motion picture theme. One of the better... I mean, there's a lot of good about the motion picture, as long as you don't... Do all of it at once. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I have no complaints. That was its original use. Then it was used again in five because it was Goldsmith as the composer again. I will say, like, obviously it's a good piece, but it does lose something being downscaled from, like, a full movie orchestra to, like, a TV orchestra. Like, definitely, given, given my druthers, I would listen to the TMP version over the TV version, like, if I was just listening to music. 
but it's still on its own in you know the TV vacuum an excellent an excellent piece of work. Oh yeah, it is longer than I expected because they're like it doesn't get going for forty five seconds, yeah. and I think some of it is because uh, the sequences get longer mm. as the series go on because each series has more and more and more executive producers. <laughs> yeah. Because they got to give credits to literally anybody that touches a thing and gives you money. Um, but no, it's good. Yeah. I love the, the no one has gone before. Mm-hmm. That's, yep, that's, that's a good, good touch. But is that true, though? Because everywhere they go, they run into people. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure people have gone there. What they should say is where no human has gone before. Well, it's, but like, they're saying, not all it's like saying that Columbus... Discovered America. There were already people yeah, here. The, people, inter- the Enterprise shows here. up on a planet. It's like, ah, we have gone where no one has gone before. And the natives are like, uh, hi, we've been we're, here. We're here. <laughs> hi, how are you? Yep, no one has been here before. Well, because where no Federation citizen has gone before is a bit clunky. Hmm. Too many uh, syllables, yeah. Okay, there's two versions of the Deep Space Nine theme. Yeah. I they... don't know how much of a difference there is. The second one's a little faster yeah, and has some orchestration, little, I think. a little peppier. Do you want to listen to both or just that one? one. Which? With Deep Space, Deep Space Nine? Nine? Both. Both? Great. Yes, both. Thank you, Caitlin. Well, I love it. I mean, it's my favorite, so. It's about the same thing. The exact same fucking thing. I really like the big crashing noises. I don't know if it's like one giant drum or if they've got one of those big wind making stuff, mm. like like you know when you when you go zigzag zag with a saw, those kinds of noises. Those are, are nice big. Um, it's funny. Exclamation point sounds. For the you know it takes place on a station mostly, and yeah they go places eventually here and there, but it's like. This one is so big and sweeping and does really work with that, like, yeah, it's space, but we kind of try to have our music sound sort of naval sometimes. Like, you can just see a big old ship crashing through the waters and going out there, but we're actually mostly staying here. We're going to let out there come to us for the most part. Yeah, it's easier that way. Mostly like the hurt years. Mm, that's sexy fuck. Seriously. Yeah, there's something even the, even with the with the big sweeping like crashing noises. There's something that's also quieter about it. Like there's less like action sound and more. Well, because it's it's slower paced. Yeah. And there's less like, you know, like in the in the TNG especially, there's a lot of like high string and brass and, and xylophone. Stuff. Yeah, the xylophone and and TNG not that is this doesn't have some high notes, but it's got like. I feel like they're more spaced out and accompanied Longer. by other... I feel other... like there's a lot more long notes, too. Yeah. This coming from me, who has no ear for music at all, so everyone's like, what the fuck is she talking about? Well, yeah, I, I is, don't... This is the difference between uh, a new world and distant worlds in Final Fantasy. It is the it is the 18 piece rather than the full orchestra yes. or whatever. Yes. It feels that way. Ugh. Yeah, I have no formal musical training either, so I'm just using words that sound right to me. <laughs> I mean, while someone knows music is like, what the fuck does any of that mean? You pillock. How about you, Jake? No, yeah. Deep Space, you want to go to Deep Space Nine? <laughs> How about you, Jake? You got that one's, that one's very, it's very much, it's like a lullaby. <laughs> mm. I think when we, one of the times we first discussed uh, it on the, uh, in our Deep Space Nine coverage, we said it sounded kind of funereal. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah, I think the second version 
in the, in the second version when the oh let's listen to the second version. when the orchestra comes in it's they pick it up yeah let's listen to that one too because it's here you know I think I prefer the first version really oh no mm. I prefer this one more I feel like the it's got more quicker a lot more quicker notes than the first one like more instead quicker of notes yeah I'm that's yeah. accurate that's a problem there's it's, too many notes it's less. Ba, 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 ba. And more. Ba, 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 ba. And I like. I think I like those. Yeah, better. I mean they're both good, but I think I kind of prefer the slightly more languid first one. Damn, you're living a sad life. Mm. Damn, that's harsh. Put it on in the tub. Cry into the into the bubbles. <laughs> no, no, that's that's what my Sarah McLachlan albums are for. <laughs> Anything for you two? Yeah. Which one? Which one of those two do you prefer? Oh. Alright. I like this one both. Okay, so I do think I like the original better. Interesting. Mm. Okay, we've been listening to a lot of uh, this one lately. Mm. Let's listen to Voyager. Yeah. I mean, that one just puts all the other ones to shame, honestly. Like, you really like the Voyager one? I mean, it's... it's. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's objectively much better better musically, I think, than any of the other ones so far. While still being very, what had been established up to this point, as, like, Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Very star- sweeping. Yeah, there's something very big. ethereal about it. Because there's the moments when they have, in, in the first half, where there's those little twinkly noises. I don't know if they're, like, bells. Like, well, I, 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 I literally... There's flutes that comes in and go, like, there... wee, 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 wee. Yeah. Is that flutes? Holy shit. It sounds like... like piccolos no... or something. I love it. Yeah, those, that's one of the best noises, because it sounds like very, like, like fairy dust is sprinkling on mm. you. Mm. It does. Yeah. Yeah, the whole... Yeah, and, yeah there's there's just there's a lot going on musically there that's, that's interesting. I don't know, it's just, it's... And it reminds me of all the the show intros. It reminds me most of um, you know, like the the con era hmm. of music. Well, it was Goldsmith. Did yeah. he do? No, no, he didn't do con. No, con was uh, James Horner. Yeah, that's it. He did three and four. I mean, sorry, two and three. Two and three. Four was somebody. Somebody else. else. It's a shame you didn't. Why do I know Goldsmith? What else has he done? Oh Christ! Is he like Harry Everything. Potter or some the, shit? The, no, the Harry Potter's John Williams. The TNG song. Oh gross. Yeah, no, Jerry Goldsmith. Like he was TMP. He was Star Trek Five. Uh, what has he done outside? First of Contact, TV? Insurrection, Nemesis. He was also like the guy you called when you couldn't get Williams to do something. Well, so that's the, he was the guy you called before Williams was even a thing, mm. and then they were both kind of like the two go to because he started. He was a little before Williams, and mm-hmm. then they did overlap. But yeah, like, he was a go-to in Hollywood. And I mean, even when Williams became a thing, he still was. But yeah, it was often like, if you wanted big, sweeping, epic, it became which one of those was free. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't get either of them, you went, fuck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Voyager's theme is very pretty. Yeah. I like it a lot. I, I gotta say, I think Little Me underappreciated both the DS9 and Voyager themes. I remember thinking not much of either when I was a kid. Hmm. Uh, and I was clearly stupid. <laughs> Speaking of things that you under undervalue as a kid, oh, no. let's, there are three Enterprise songs for us to listen to. Three. Let's get them out of the fucking way. Oh Christ! Are you going to play both versions of Faith? Yes, we will, we played both versions of uh, Deep Space Nine. That was playing, a good theme. We're playing both versions of what is it actually called? My heart will go on. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, isn't it called Faith of the Heart? No, it's no. called. Um, 
fuck is it called? I'd have to look it up, but I don't feel I'll like I'll look it up while it plays. You do that. Here we go. Uh, oh, hold on. Here comes the next one. You want to listen to both now? No. Yeah, let's just get Cross out of the off. fucking way. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the faith of the, the Enterprise song. Oh, by the way, it's uh, Where My Heart Will Take Me. Fucking good for them. Uh, written for Patch Adams. Yep. And I can bet you, I haven't seen Patch Adams, but I bet you wherever it is in Patch Adams, it's probably great in Patch Adams. I mean, it's it's just, it's, it's, it seems like it should be on, like, the theme song to a Fox Family Seventh Heaven type mm-hmm. well, show. No, that's the thing, is it definitely sounds like it's, it sounds like a Christian song. Oh, yeah. Like, it definitely, like, I remember when I was a kid... One of the, you know, they used to do commercials for CD compilations. Remember those? Yeah. There was one that would always play for these. I will dream of your love for... No, that's not how it goes. It was the... I could... Fuck. Oh, I could sing of your love forever. I remember yeah, that Christian rock There was a song. horrible Christian Loved compilation one. It would show this these swaths of fucking corn-fed Midwestern douchebags, like, closing their eyes and crying and waving their arm to terrible Jesus music. Yeah. And this sounds like it belongs right. You ever think, like, let's pretend God's real for a minute. How pissed, how fucking pissed do you think God is, right? For, like, years, you know? The, 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 throughout the whole Renaissance, all this religious music written that transcends religion is some of the most beautiful music ever written even a heartless soulless piece of shit like me can love it and now christian music is just trash it is so bad oh god must be livid let's listen to the second one yes let's also the patch adams version sung by rod stewart yeah not uh russell watson yeah i was gonna say the thing is it feels like a rod stewart song yeah i mean that's better than the first one in my opinion but Barely. Yeah, not by a lot. I don't know if it is. Um, In a way, like, everything it gains by being over sooner is almost lost by those terrible little 80s-ass guitar licks at the end. But but, but those are in the other one, too, though, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe they're more more noticeable because this one's way twangier. So much. I mean, either way, you know, it's on a... It should be... It's the intro to a show called Higher Faith, starring Kirk Cameron as a... An angel who fell from no, heaven? No, no, he's a dad. He's just a single dad. Who meets an angel. He's a single dad, not divorced, widowed. Uh, oh, I get where you're going with this, I think. What, 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 where are you? Toss salad and scrambled eggs? It's H-I-R-E faith. Faith's the nanny he hires That's and falls right. in love with. Oh. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be a nanny. I was trying to think of like, like he he hires somebody, falls in love with somebody, but I was thinking Okay, find more. an old pair. But yeah, I like I like nanny. Nanny works. Uh, and Faith's the name of the of the nanny, and they have all kinds of hijinks. Yeah. And what's Christian weird, hijinks? Christian hijinks. And what makes it really weird is that the the actress playing Faith is Candace Cameron, oh. his sister. Oh. So mm-hmm. it's a little icky, but little. But it's a Christian show. They well, never show say, anything. They never have yeah. sex or even True. kiss. They so never talk. I guess. I guess. I guess Candace can just be like the kooky aunt. There we go. Neat. Uh, yeah. What? What? What's Almost fascinating about this sh- this song is that tons of people on shitposting claim they love it, and I think they're just doing that ironically or for attention. I, I do genuinely think some of them have wound up with musical Stockholm syndrome, mm. like they've done it as a joke for so long that on some level they've actually begun to like it because that's how the brain works. Yeah, they treat it like it's part of their their character, like part of their personality mm. is liking this song. Because no one else likes but this the song. But the thing is, so I'm assuming originally they were planning to go with 
Archer's theme, which is the yeah. end credits theme. And then right. like at some point at the last minute they're like, Nope, gotta put in put in a, a fucking crappy rock fucking thing thing. Yeah, I was tempted to wait until we get to Enterprise to do this this particular activity, but Jake talked me into like, nope, we're, let's do it now because yeah. we're, we're we're gonna listen to it eventually anyway. Yeah, I wonder if it was like they realized the rights to Magic Carpet Ride would be too much for uh, a TV series. Yeah. I do love there is. I'll try, I'll try to find it. Someone did some from the shitposting group posted on YouTube. Uh, Zeph from Cochran's launch. Where they replace Magic Carpet Ride with this. Oh yeah, oh. I've seen. That. And they did it really well because they managed to like get the Foley back in. But in that in that version, Data actually does blow up the ship just to make the music. Stop. Yeah, good. Yeah. That's well um, I remember before Enterprise came out, I used to post on like Usenet groups, mm. and there was an ad for Enterprise that had not this song but a different like rock song or something oh, no. for it and i remember people being like oh this better not be the music for <laughs> enterprise nope it's and i remember posting i was like no they won't do that they, they'll definitely have some orchestral thing boy how, how, was i wrong how pissed were people were you still on those boards when they changed the theme no because no. i imagine people were like guys i heard they're changing the theme next year we're all excited and then it turns out <laughs> no no they just tweaked the existing garbage but you said there's one more Is there's it? one more Chris is going to like it because, as I mentioned last week, nice. when we looked at title cards, um, there's a different title card. There's a whole different sequence for the Mirror Universe pair of episodes for Enterprise. And they went so far as that they have a whole new song. Next week, we're going to talk about the whole intro itself because there's a whole new intro for the Mirror Universe episodes of Enterprise. I'm going to play it right now. It is not Faith of the Heart. Oh. Amazing. I don't think it works quite as well divorced from the visuals, but it's still amazing. Are you kidding? I loved it. And I was thinking it sounded like a Final Fantasy soundtrack mm. theme, and then the vocals kicked in, and I was like, oh shit, not only is it a Final Fantasy theme, it's a fucking boss fight. <laughs> this is great. I like, Ames, what you said while it was playing is that it's sort of piratey, yeah, which yeah. is perfect, because what's the evil version of the Navy? Pirates. Pirates! Oh my goodness, you're right. Yeah, it starts. It starts off, and it feel, and I keep thinking like this is gonna be a, a haunted house. <laughs> like this is gonna be like, uh, like um, uh, what's it, what's the you go on Netflix? Um, house, House on the Hill, something House like on that. Haunted Hill, House on Haunted Hill. It sounds like kind of eerie, spooky, and then it just becomes a swashbuckling adventure. But evil. But evil. Sulu would love it. Oh God. Yeah. That is so I don't good. know if I can like have an actual objective thought about it just because it's it's mirror university it's it's so different and i just know like they did this specifically for a mirror universe episode which is going to be absolutely wild it just, just as a counterpoint to faith of the heart is so good yeah thank god but it's really good like i yeah. really enjoyed that a lot yeah wait well, wait till you watch the whole sequence next time it's it's a hoot and a holler sure several hoots one holler Anything from Jake? Yeah. No? It's all right. It's good. It's not bad. Yeah, it's a good song. All right. These ones aren't on Memory Alpha, so I'm just going to start playing the, the intros and then hide the screen. <sighs> all right. So let's listen to the Discovery theme. I don't think it changes between seasons. Or if it does, I don't think I don't it's think no so, no. noticeable. Like, the, the visuals change yeah. here and there. But I'm pretty sure the song remains basically the same. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I've, I've always loved that one. Yeah, really? Like I don't know if I have. Premiere. I like it a lot. Yeah, who's it by? I don't remember. It's not Jack, though, is, is it? It is Jeff Russo. Right, right. He's on most of the music for the new stuff. Well, yeah, I should he's say... he's also on Picard. Yeah, he's on Picard. He's on this. I don't know if he's on Lower Decks or Prodigy. No, if he did, he, if he is, he's he didn't do the themes for either of them. Yeah, well, I know Prodigy's theme was actually written by the guy that does the Kelvin music. Michael... Yeah. I have no idea how to pronounce his surname, but yes. Neat. Uh, he's great. He he also did uh, about a thousand fucking things, but he first came to my attention with the score for the first Incredibles, which um, does an amazing job of matching the sort of pseudo sixties aesthetic the movie has. Neat. Yeah, I don't think I have many thoughts on Discovery except that the br- bringing back the TOS stinger at the very end. Mm. Don't know if I like it or if that's playing on nostalgia. Sure, sure. Because that strikes me as a, look, it's Star Trek. Star Trek's back. We did it. I do. I will say that I usually listen to the, the full album version, which builds a little bit more. And I don't remember it has the sting at the end. So. Well, on the show, of course it has the sting on the end. Yes. I like it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very fond of it. It's, you know, it's a, it's on the one hand quite different. Like there's less like brass than you usually get mm. but there's still a lot of swooping string work jake has no thoughts it's all right it's all right well right. swooping string work the old swooping string listen to the card song no there's gonna be an ad fuck you that's a chromebook with built-in virus protection that all right yeah, it's funny because I feel like it's so much simpler than the others in that there are never, like, a ton of instruments at once. Like, there are fewer layers of instrument happening. And it just kind of focuses on, like, one thing at a time instead of having... Like we said, with the the piccolos here and the drums here and everything's happening at once at the perfect time. Yeah, no, I, I... That's another one that I loved, like, right away. Hmm. I'm a sucker for Russo's work, clearly. The Picard soundtrack in general, like, I would say that whatever you think of the show, give the soundtrack a go. It's a lot of really, especially just really beautiful music. Uh, Soji and Narek Waltz is an astoundingly lovely piece, I think. The end credits are also quite good. A little livelier. Yeah, we're not going to do end credits just because that would be too many. Yeah, things. no, no. Well, and most of them are just reused. Are, there yeah, are very similar, if not the same, as the the intros. Yeah, I think this is pretty much the only one that bothers like having separate ones. Interesting. Well, Enterprise. That's oh, true. Yes. Enterprises. Archer's theme. I'm, I don't want to go look it up, but I know like the end credits are quite good. Yeah, the thing I think I love the most about the Picard song is that they take. The Resican flute noise that Picard's son from the Inner mm. Light was playing in the background and make it present. I think it's the, the the little last sting that you hear, and that's just so fucking sweet. Yeah, I remember when someone pointed that out online. I was like, "Oh bullshit! You just faked that. You faked that clip." So I actually went to the episode like, <laughs> "Oh fuck!" Like that's I, I, like Russo. I mean definitely like if he wasn't already big on Star Trek music, did so much homework. Uh, you know, he even revived the goddamn TOS Romulan theme for some stuff uh. at one point. I was like, jeez. I was like, why do I know this? Then I just hummed it separately. I was like, wait a fucking minute. And I looked it up. I was like, yep, that's, yep. Mm. So basically what I'm saying is if anyone is going to bring back the, like, wacky fun time brawl music from TOS, it's going to be him. 
<laughs> Nerd. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's, well, it's, it's very different from the other themes in its kind of simplicity and its sadness. It's closer maybe to the Deep Space Nine in that it just, it just has, it's, very somber. it's emotional more than it's like a big adventure show because I feel like Picard as a show is more about the emotions of the characters and yeah. it is about the, the, the big, it's not a crew show, it's not a ship show, it's not even a station show. It's a, it's a Picard show and it's about characters. It's, it's an old man trying to undo his last mistake. Nemesis. <laughs> It's about his old, an old man trying to undo his last mistake by making another bigger one. Oh, no, no way. Jake is a brat. There's no way this is worse than Nemesis. This this show Picard? Yeah. Disagree. What? Well, no. how does it feel to be so wrong? I it, mean, it's a better ending for Picard might be worse than TAS. Bro, what wow. are you talking about? I, it's got to be a few I years till we get to it. really so pick this apart. Bad, but, but that's just me. I mean, f- it's not my favorite show, but I wouldn't say that it's worse than TAS. I mean, I don't know. I think I would enjoy watching TAS more. Uh, no, I would only would enjoy watching TAS more if there were drugs involved. The only mm. thing, the best thing about TAS is the episodes are short. So. Mm. And that theme. Speaking of cartoons. Yeah, two more to go. We got Lower Decks on the line here. On deck, Lower Decks. Hey. I feel like there should be like a 21 gun salute under that or something. So, it's not a bad piece of music, hmm. but Ames, why did you just play us the Galaxy Quest gonna, theme? It, it's, it's very similar to Galaxy Oh my god, is it? We should yeah. we should listen later. I, that, I, like, well, I, that technically is a Star Trek theme, to be fair. <laughs> yes, thank like, you, Caitlin. I gotta remember exactly how it goes, but I could totally picture that, like, you know, there's the piece in the movie where they're showing, like, the opening credits to the in-world show. You, just, you can be, you know, Tim Allen's there. Like, I feel like it's either the opening to Galaxy Quest or the Orville or, like, it sounds like a Star Trek parody, <laughs> not Star Trek. <laughs> like it is what Lower Decks is. Yeah, so I guess it works. Like again, like just Buck Rogers, maybe <laughs> even or Buck Rogers is too busy rolling around with half naked women to his goofy ass theme. That's so. only that's only in the very first episode when it has lyrics. The Buck Rogers openings oh. are wild. Neat. Um, that fucking show was amazing I wish we could talk about that show like again it's not a bad piece of music but it does feel like it's a it's a parody not a, an actual Trek theme yeah I think it's fine as a, as the song and it's, it's one of the better things about Prodigy because I'm not a big Prodigy person you mean, you mean Lower, uh, Dex. Lower Dex you're right Lower Dex I'm more a Prodigy person than a Lower Dex person speaking, for children. speaking of Prodigy and things for children actually there's song that is very Kelvin. Is it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Again, the same composer, so it makes sense, but... I like all the bells. Bells make me think of future. Oh, that motherfucker loves bells. I like it. It's oh, yeah. bells. But it's it's definitely different. Like, it's... It feels fun. Mm. Which makes it's sense. It's a kid show. Because it's a kid show. It's Watching it, you, you find it's more like Star Wars than Star Trek, which is fine. But yeah, it just feels like they're going for fun adventure... Yeah. Which makes sense. It's it's like there are moments where it feels very Star Trek and others where it feels a little more generic and it kind of goes back and forth. Like I said, there's a lot of just that, that Kelvin-y feel in there. Um, See, I don't find the Kelvin, Kelvin music fun, though. I find the Kelvin music... Well, there's some, like... 
What I'd say is, if, if for a comparison, because yeah, a lot of it can be sort of slow and dirgy depending on the scene. But if you look up um, "Enterprising Young Men," uh, there's a lot of that in this. What is that from? It's a track that was a, originally in 2009, and then just woven through the remaining. Uh, I hate that scores. it's called "Enterprising Young Men." So one thing about him is he loves pun titles oh, for his. Yeah tracks uh, to the point that Disney because they don't like fun wouldn't let him do it for the Rogue One score <laughs> so his liner notes included the real titles Hero. like if you read the back of the CD it's got very generic fucking like oh assault on Scarif or this yeah. or that but if you look in the liner notes he's like here's the real fucking titles bitches hmm. I'm like thank you Michael it definitely had that moving forward feeling that the title had too that you pointed out last mm. week. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and it feels yeah, it feels very almost like a Christmas carol. Like <laughs> like it's something that you're gonna gonna you know it's child friendly without being specifically like only kids will like this. It's all the bells. Yeah, it's a lot of the bells. Maybe it's just the bells. The bells I, just feel so but, merry. Like, bells like whereas they used to be more common in you know again classical music between there, but it's just modern reference. Bells are mostly restricted to holiday music. Mm, maybe that's what it is. And the Futurama theme. And yes, although those are more the the thing with those is those they're are specific bigger, bells. heavier not, bells. Not, they don't jingle. They gong. Yeah, like they're the bong 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 bong. And there's actually, I'll have to find it, there's a particular, I don't know if it's a classical piece or just a modern instrumental piece that that is partially inspired by. Oh, neat. That uses the similar kind of big, heavy bell thing. That's a show with some damn good music, too. Futurama? Yeah. Sweet. So, is it time so, to do yeah, the usual? Yeah, so we've listened to all the songs. Uh, if you want to listen to all the songs, they're linked here. Uh, Faith of the Heart. For what? Worst. Oh, which one? Uh, fuck. Um, the first one. God, me. they're both so bad. Uh, that cover I heard once that actually makes the Russell Watson version sound good. <laughs> I, yeah, no, there's some version, some fucking woman sang it and gave it a, an extra level of country twang. And it was like, <laughs> wow, at least they didn't was do that. Was it for Enterprise or just for something? Just something, something online. Some I don't know. Yeah. Twerp was doing. Uh, God, which one though? Second one. Wow. Second one. They're both reprehensible, but that one is worse. For me, it was the first one. Or sorry, Where My Heart Will Take Me, whatever the fuck it's called. No, I'm just finding Enterprise. Yeah. I can't put them all on one screen, so just remember which Favorite's going to be harder, so give me some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake, do you happen to know? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, Worst is uh, First Faith. Antoine in season one? Yeah, and uh, best is Voyager. Jake came in already knowing, because he's watched these shows so many times. How about you, Caitlin? Enterprise One is the worst. Yeah, I got to agree. The question is, which which one did I dislike more? Because I <laughs> congratulations, TAS. You're not the worst. Definitely one of the enterprises. Yeah, TAS. It's it's it does what it needs to do for that show. Yeah. This does not do what it needs to do for the show. I mean, thematically, it actually makes sense, but it's still a terrible fucking song. I like you saying too. Enterprise seasons three to four. That's what. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say three to four as well, just because I feel like the fact that they got it twangier yeah. just felt like it was distancing itself from the material even fucking more. So good. We at least have a varied, uh, varied answer in that regard. Sort of. Uh, so Jake knows his favorite was Voyager. Anyone else thoughts on your favorites? 
That is it's so significantly hard. harder. It's so hard, and they're so tied up in nostalgia, and they're so tied up in the shows themselves, because aside from Enterprise, I feel like they all lead into their shows very well. They yeah. all convey what they need to for their shows. Oh, the Prodigy Zombie is actually quite good, though. Um, hmm... You cats know? I feel like I'm torn between the original, which is great. Well, the original, but with the vocals, I should yeah, say. Yeah, so yeah. season two, three. And uh, Discovery, which I like a great deal. And Deep Space Nine, mm. one through three. It's a really tough choice, but I love those. It's the thing, like, really, aside from where my heart will take me. Like I said, if you divorce it from the fact that it's supposed to be a Star Trek theme... The TAS theme isn't even bad. It's just very a product of the early 70s. <laughs> yeah. And would fit better on any other fucking TV show. Like, none of them are bad songs. So that makes it extra hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's really hard. Again, the TOS is just so ingrained in the DNA of it all. It's, like, hard to be objective about. Yeah, like, right now I'm having the most trouble being objective about the TNG theme. Right. Because similarly, you, you, like, it's so good. It's so... That show, it's so ingrained. And even if it came from the motion picture, good! You yeah. pick, you picked a good song from the motion picture. And yeah. You brought, and you brought it over here. Fucking well done. Strange New Worlds should, instead of writing an original one, just pull a TNG, but do it with the uh, con theme. <laughs> that won't make any sense. I mean, how much sense did it make when they took the TMP theme for a show? That's a good point. They were just like, oh shit, Dennis failed, what do we do? Jerry will rent us his cheap. Oh, I'm gonna go Discovery. Wow. That's the thing. I'm so not wowed by the Discovery thing, so I just think it's fine. There's a, uh, the for the closing credits of the Harry Mudd short trek, they do like a, not jazz version, but like a Calypso version of the Discovery oh, theme. Oh, shippers on That's the beach. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't include any of the, the, the short trek um, theme just because it's very, very short. It's literally 20 seconds. Yeah. But yeah um, and that's the closing credits anyway, I think, not the opening. Yeah, I think I can't uh, remove myself from TNG. I think it's got to be TNG. Oh, there you go. It's fair. Just because it is an excellent song. Yeah, no, it and definitely it's, is. It's the TNG song. It's it's excellent. Did Caitlin pick? Are you still, are you still tied between I guess I'll say like, Deep several? Space Nine. Which that's one? That's a good choice. 1-3. What was the difference between the first and the second? Second one's faster. Second one's faster. Little uh, really? higher okay. pitched. And you like you like it long and slow, hot. Slow and steady wins the race. That was fun. It is fun. I think it's gonna be fun next week. Although next week I'm gonna have to figure out if we're gonna watch all the intro animations or just the the main ones because they do change between seasons a lot. Oh God, yeah, especially like. Well, yeah, like with Discovery, it's every season they change. Yeah, basically. Uh, Deep Space Nine changes. Does it have two or three? That's the question. I know there's at least two. Yeah, they add some stuff. They Actually, no, because the the series premiere had one, and then one. Oh, that's the right. Oh, it's, it's slightly different. The thing is, the differences are slight, so that's going to be the question: is is, is it worth well, like watching I, all of them with with the because the first one they do the fake out because it's like around Bajor because you think oh that's what this is going to be then they're like. Fucking fooled you, wormhole. Hey. But yeah, later on what they do is they add a lot more traffic around the station. Yeah, they, they add, add the those Defiant. guys like the Defiant comes on. Yep, doing work. 
They all but added the fucking uh, backflip wavy man from <laughs> the first two movies. Our favorite guy. Have, now, have they referenced him yet in Lower Decks? Because if they haven't, they have failed. Uh, not that I saw, but I wouldn't be surprised. Because oh, everything on that show is a reference. They don't They don't make jokes, they make references. <laughs> Just like family Speaking guy. of jokes... Us and our podcast. <laughs> wow. Let's let's wrap it up. So next week we got more more fun stuff on the way. This week we did all of the theme songs. Check it out right here on the Tumblr, tumblr.com slash slash sshp podcast. You can also find it as at sshppodcast.com where you can probably find a way to all of our other episodes of our podcast covering all the other shows so far. We did some Star Wars, we did Fireflies, we do various other sci-fi franchises every so often. Find them right here on SoundCloud.com. Do the thing. You can find them on all your other podcasting platforms. You can friend us on the Facebook. You can friend us on the Twitter. You can friend us in real life. We need friends. We're very sad people. I, I don't. I'm, I'm happy to be alone. That's right. I have like... Five friends. Three of them are in this room. One of them is I'm this, happy. One of them is this cat. I don't think this cat likes me that much. Oh, he loves everyone. Yeah, so, you know, find us, interact with us, tell us which theme songs you like, and which and how much you have faith of the heart, because everyone online seems to think they do, and they're wrong. Tell us if you've seen the really weird first Buck Rogers theme. <laughs> Neat. Next week. Next week we're doing more... Oh, God. Voyager? More Voyager. Wow. Surprising everyone. I'm uh, surprised. We're getting closer to the end of season one, but next week we have two more Voyager episodes. Let's say cashews and... Cat hexes? Cathexics? I don't... Catechism? I don't know this word. I'm going to say cathesics. Hopefully they'll sure. say it in the episode. Yep. And uh, Faces are next week on our podcast. Uh, check it out then. Uh, like us, subscribe to us, rate us, rate us all the stars. Yeah. Five. Five fucking stars. Uh, we'll see you then. We'll see you next week. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. Jake. This is always Chris. Ba-ba-ba-bum. Ba-ba-ba-bum.